and welcome to the 212 Podcast. We are bringing people together in what is a very weird situation currently to try and bring a bit of happiness back to people working in it. Our guest on the podcast this week is, well, someone I listened to growing up and has shaped me in my formative years. He's touched and inspired so many people with his music and really created a subgenre that is still pioneering to this day. He is part of the best and only band to listen to with a five in it. That's right, back off Jackson 5 and 5T Cent. We are talking to the almighty, awe-inspiring Shelly Tuna from Jurassic 5. It is safe to say I'm a tad nervous about this one. I've rolled out the red carpet, swept the leaves from his path and the spotlight is firmly shined on him. Welcome, Shally Tuna. How are you and where are you today? Wow, man, that was an amazing intro. <laughs> that was an amazing. I'm uh, I'm in, in my cousin's car and we're driving towards Santa Monica Beach. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's nice to it's nice to hear people are able to travel. Yeah, I, I can only imagine, man, you know, being that Australia is so locked down and so militant about their lockdown. I, I feel for you guys. Not to, you know, say that it's not, you know, worth it or nothing like that. I don't know how this, nobody can see this invisible disease and what it's doing out the gate. So, you know what I'm true. saying? I, I just feel for you guys, man. <laughs> Respect. It's true. It's, uh, and, and, but you, it's not going to stop you from having a great time in Santa, Mon- Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, my cousin just visited, man. So, you know, we wanted to just go breeze around and check it all out. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sweet. I wanted to talk to you about the first off, and then we talked to all the guests about this. And just wanted to talk to you about the start of your career and where did you grow up and how did music, I guess, influence your life? Well, I grew up between Chicago and Los Angeles for around half and half. You know what I mean? My rap career started in Los Angeles, being that I was uh, surrounded by a bunch of dudes who was really trying to get it in, you know what I'm saying? The same as me. Hip hop was like at its prime when I moved to Los Angeles in 86. And it really, really was like something that one, kept me out of trouble. Two, kept me focused and kept me uh, inspired and motivated, you know? So, you know, that that is uh, the gist of uh, me, you know what I'm saying? And my participation in this thing that would eventually turn into my career. You know what I'm saying? Did, so, did you grow up? Did you grow up with your were your family musicians, or this is just you just jumping into it and 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 getting involved? Oh well, I had people who were uh, musicians in my family, but not like serious musicians. Uh, one of my uncles could play the flute and play the piano, and I was always in awe of that. You know what I'm saying? Because he always was, he was a ladies' man as well, so you know he used to have. A, the women's around him and stuff and not, and he would be playing piano or playing the flute, just impressing everybody. He's an artist as well. So it was a whole, I think his whole persona is what added to the, you know, who I am today. So, yeah. And you were like, you saw the, the attention he was getting. You were like, oh, I want to play some of this uh, piano and flute and get a piece of that. Well, more than that, I was amazed at the fact that anybody could play any kind of instrument. You know, that that's a that's a, an amazing gift. I mean, to know that my uncle could get down, you know, effortlessly <laughs> was amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that the, the fact that he attracted some beautiful women uh, along the way was just like an icing on the cake, you know. <laughs> but it's just a trip to, to think back to then and then to think about my life now and how I, you know, kind of followed in his footsteps in a, in a weird way as far as like just chasing after uh audio and visual art, you know? Did he teach you any instruments growing up? No, he didn't teach me any instruments. I never learned an instrument, but he did definitely sit with me when it comes to like drawing and sketching and painting. We'd have conversations about that almost up until the day he died. So 
all those kind of creative endeavors. That's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of musicians that love the art as well. And it's, it's kind of, it goes almost hand in hand almost. But did you have a band that you were playing with before Jurassic Five? Uh, no, sir. To be, well, yeah, don't get me wrong. Sorry. We were not a full-fledged, we were a rap group. It was me, Mark Seven, and Cut Chemist, and the group was called the Unity Committee. Unity was an acronym for United Nations of Intelligence Teaching Youth. And we basically wanted to take the, like, the multicultural stance within hip-hop, which was basically, you know, saying uh, 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 brown and black sports, so to speak, you know, especially at the time. Our DJ, Cut Chemist, white guy, you know, me and Mark Seven was black dudes, and we just kind of, like, used that alone without, without talking about it to show that you know we can all get along so to speak you know that was our 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 push and we uh discovered a place called the good life in south central los angeles and met uh another group by the the name of the rebels of rhythm um and we ended up doing a song together called unify revolution that led to us getting a record deal for that 12 inch and needing a name and my son's mom cracking a joke saying you guys sound like the fantastic five (laughs) <laughs> you think you 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 think you sound like the Fantastic Five. You sound more like the Jurassic Five, and I, it it just fit. You know what I mean? And that, that was there. You go for the birth of who we are. Yeah. Did you? I mean, you said that you were setting out to make more of a kind of political stance, but did you anticipate the level that you'd get to? No, I did not. I did not. I mean, everything seemed possible, but it didn't seem probable. If you understand what I'm saying, you know. Was there I mean? anyone so, coming? Was there anyone coming up that you that that you could, I mean, because you are, you have created really, it feels like you've created a subgenre, you know, and and was there anyone coming up that you were looking at and thinking, you know, we want to be more like uh, these or, but we want to put a different spin on it? Well, I mean, Jurassic 5's motto is we're paying homage as well as returning favors. So basically a lot of the stuff that we did was us being inspired and emulating our, 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 our favorite guys like the crash crew, uh, the cold crush brothers, the fantastic five, the, 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 the furious five, uh, you know, grandmaster flash and all of those guys were like our, our time. And we, you know, loved their, you know, saying skill as well as the showmanship and all of the things that, that made them great. And we wanted that kind of, you know, uh, attention. We wanted that kind of sound but we wanted to kind of like add to it, you know, add, add a, a like a new twist to it. That's why the name Jurassic fits so well. It was like taking something old and putting it in a new time. You know what I mean? So. Was there a, was there a moment of, cause you, I mean, you, we would have played with so many of these people now, but was there a, was there a well moment that the people like you were saying, like Grandmaster Flash and uh, was there a time when you were like, oh shit's actually, this is, this is getting real. I'm, I'm playing with these people or I'm, you know, supporting these people. Yeah, man. It's a weird, a weird situation happened in 1997. We took a, a trip to, we hadn't had a real record deal or anything. And we took a trip. Well, we we had that one little twelve inch deal, and we didn't know how how how. I'm trying to think that we had a twelve inch deal first before we went out there. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know how how far the record reached. So we went to this festival in Folkestone, England, uh, called Fresh '97, and it was basically uh, a hodgepodge of hip hop from every aspect, from graffiti to breakdancing to you know what I'm saying DJing, MCing, all everything was encompassed in this place, and they were bringing in uh, uh, talent from all around the world, not just, you know what I'm saying, in England or in America, you know. So one of the groups that performed there was Grandmaster Kaz 
MC, uh, from the Furious Five, I mean, from Cold Crush, MC Dada Rock from, from the Fa- Fantastic Five, Special K from the Treacherous Three, and uh, the DJ was Charlie Chase. And they, they were called the Old School Review, right? So it was like a representative from every one of those big groups at the time. They got together and they was doing old school routines and killing it. Now, nobody knew that they were going to be there, but when they were there, I mean, when, once we saw them there and we saw them perform, it was our, our turn to perform the next day, and they were sitting on the side of the stage watching us the whole time. Wow. I was kind of nervous because I was like, shit, man, you know, we kind of <laughs> like really are directly taken from these guys. Our inspiration is definitely these guys. I'm hoping that they don't, you know, revert back to the old school thing and be like, y'all, you guys are biting and blah, 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 and start tripping on us and shit like that. I really was hoping that because we've, you know, 10, 12 years removed from the time or more, 20 years removed from the time that they were popular, right? So I was just hoping that they didn't snap on us. But what happened was they were so impressed that Grandmaster Kaz asked us all to come to his uh, hotel room that night. Special K put the uh, mattress in front of the door so we couldn't leave. And they basically kidnapped us for the for the duration of the night till the sun came up, telling us old stories and old things that, you know, broke groups up, things, what to do, things not to do, all of these different things, man. So it was just, it was an amazing situation for us to be traveling overseas for the first time and meeting some of our heroes and, and then being taken to school by them. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's amazing. That must have been that. I mean, that must be that must still stick with you now. Yeah, still to this day, I tell that story all the time because it's, it's it's something that really molded it and, and shaped us. They must have seen something amazing in you. I mean, it, it takes obviously years to craft what you you know your 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 work, but I mean, they must have seen something. You, how old were you then? Man, ninety seven. I was twenty seven, twenty six, something like that. Yeah, right. Is there anyone that you saw that were in the same kind of genre as you, maybe from your own area, but is there anyone that you kind of, I know it's really tough because it it means that you have to be um, appreciative of your own success, but is there anyone around your genre that you kind of overtook during that period where you thought, wow, I thought that they were going to do more than we were. And then, and then you kind of uh, became bigger than them. Uh, you know, it's a trip, man. Um, commercial success. We had, I think our biggest song was what's golden. What I, what I did notice about us is that our stage show surpassed most of hip hop. And I, I'm, I am not a braggadocious dude. I don't like to be pointing my, my finger at myself like that, but I really would say, and I felt like this then. And I feel like this now we were able to go up against anybody. Anybody, anybody in the hip hop genre or beyond it, as far as a stage show was concerned and hold our own, if not smash. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was always, I was always proud of that about us, that nobody, you know, it was was very little people on the planet earth that could get with us on a show level. And that was, that was the thing that I was most proud of for sure. And is that like just energy that, that you bring to the, to the stage? I think it's energy also is, 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 is definite plotting and planning. You know what I'm saying? It's understanding dynamics that, that not only the sound, but you know, the, like, like the audio aspect, but the visual aspect as well. It's, 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 it's putting on a play. It's not putting on a, a rap show where you just rap in the lyrics. You could just, you could turn on, you know, Apple, Apple music for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's, it was, it's really giving an actual show, giving the people something to, to, to look at and listen to 
that's so entertaining that they lose track of time. Did you, uh, you were talking uh, previously about, you know, uh, the, the wisdom that, that the other bands had, had given you. And uh-huh. do you, I wondered, like, it, it takes so much for, uh, it's like a relationship, like you working together for this amount of time. Do you all still get on? Do you know how each other ticks? Yeah, I mean, still to this day, I'm sure we all could be able to call out every little small idiosyncrasy and every little, you know, little, you know, quirk or just than a third about each other because we spent more time with each other than we did with our prospective families at, at while, you know, in the height of our career, for sure. I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't, we haven't gigged together in a long time. So ain't no telling, you know, people change. But for the most part, like, we get on that stage together. I know my group member strengths and their weaknesses and they know mine. And I think that is what made us all strong on stage and be able to catch the, the person when they slip it and, and accent what they're doing so that they sound better than they already do. You know? And it must be so hard to just be around each other all the time. Like there must, you must get a bit short with people, but then also the highs must be really high and the lows must be really low. Well, yeah, you you said it. You said it best. The highs are really high, and the lows get low. They 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 feel really low simply because of the love that exists, you know, there between us all. You know what I mean? So when we ain't when we ain't getting along or when we disagreeing, man, to you know, it hurts. It definitely hurts because you know, especially coming from a person like me, who's you know, who's extremely loyal even to a fault. You know what I mean? I, it hurts when we ain't getting along, and it's the best when we are. So you know what I mean? Yeah. It is. It's definitely hard, you know what I mean. But it's just like being in a big family, and I come from a humongous family, so I'm able to, you know, discern between what I should be focused on and what I should just let roll off my back, you know. And that's that's probably a good thing when you're in a band. Man, it is. Chuck D once said, "Bands shouldn't break up; they should just take breaks." I don't know if that's true or not, but that's. Well, hopefully you're only taking a break and we can actually see you again soon. Exactly. (laughs) J5 and and tracks, like I I wondered if uh, most people that we speak to who who are in bands, they they probably don't want to say what their least favourite tracks that they've played a thousand times are, but I I guess is there tracks that you, like, you still love yourself from, from Jurassic 5? Yeah, man. Um, dude, I still, in my solo shows, I still perform What's Golden. I still do Concrete Schoolyard. I still do uh, Quality Control. I still do Jurassic Finish First, uh, the J.U., the J.U. Remix. Yeah, man, so it's, man, I, I loved our music. I really did. I can't really think of a song that I'm like, I don't know if I like that song that much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I would say the song that I thought I didn't like a lot, and I actually fell in love with it was the song Hey, when we did Hey on Power and Numbers. At first, I was like, ah, ah. and Doc here in the group, Soup, he is a he is the real singer in our group. Like he can really sing. So we let him take lead and he ran with it. And he he made me fall in love with that song. So, you know, at first I was like, ah, but you know, I'm saying it's one of my favorite songs now. So I don't know. I, I just love our shit, man. I, maybe that's uh Toot my own horn or being you gotta you gotta love your own but... stuff. You gotta love your own stuff. And and soup's got a pair of lungs on him as well. Message, yes, he does, man. You know what I'm saying? We could hold notes, but that boy could sing. So that's what it is. <laughs> is he was he was he kind of like a 
a gospel sing because that's what he said. He sounds like he's got. A, he wants to to be unleashed and and really go hit those high notes. He has a love for old soul music that rivals anybody who loves hip hop. You know what I mean? He's a walking encyclopedia. I could go, hey, Sue, what was that name of that song, man, by that people, that person who, and I could hum the song. And it'll take him a second, but he knew it. He just, he's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to that. So very learned in that area, man. And that's why he was so efficient, in my opinion, when it came to what, what he did with the group. Is there any music that you listen to outside of hip hop? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Reggae music. Uh, I listen to a little country sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I do because of the, of the the content of the lyrics. These guys are like, they 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 write. I can't front on them. I listen to a lot of soul music. I listen to a lot of uh, salsa and, and meringues and cumbias and things like that. I just got an eclectic ear, man, because, you know, there's a lot of people in my family that listen to a lot of different stuff. And I just picked it all up. You know. Yeah, we uh, we actually uh, interviewed Paul Douglas, who's the drummer for uh, Toots and the Maytals, and oh, nice. um, he also played with Bob Marley and the Whalers as well. And he's you know he's in his seventies now, and you know still he he's so humble to even kind of still be learning to this day, you know. And it's yeah. it's crazy when you think of guys like that who have been in the industry for ages and they're still learning, you know? Yeah, man. And you know, that uh, foolish is the student who don't st- surpass the master. And you know what I'm saying? You're not a, a leader until you're able to open your mind and listen and learn, you know? So. And, and talking about that leader scenario as well, I, I wondered when it became a little bit more real for you, like, you know, when you were winning uh, awards uh, and, you know, stepping on stage and, and you were like, oh, this is, this has gone up a level. <laughs> we got nominated for Best video, MTV Awards in in uh 2001. Okay, so in 2001 we got nominated for best video, for what's golden, and we lost to a, a, a shock rock group called Mudvayne. You ever heard of those guys? I haven't. No, I'm definitely writing them down. But these we 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 lost to those guys, but we were invited to the MTV Awards, and going to that made me go, dude, did we, we made it. Even if we lose tonight, we're doing what we wished we could do back in the day. We're actually doing it. There was a time that, that we had, uh, uh, what do you call that? Sponsorship by the shoe company called Pony. And we had a humongous billboard in the middle of Times Square. <laughs> it was all of us on a billboard for Pony. To see that, is to say to yourself, did I just, oh, I think we made it. Look at this shit. There's <laughs> a billboard with us, on, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. We played David Letterman, the, the, the late show with David Letterman. And Paul Schaefer basically called Newmark to find out what instruments were in the sample for what's golden. And Newmark was trying to break that shit apart when we got to studio in New York to actually play because they wouldn't let us play the record. They had to play it themselves. The band wanted to play it. But when we got there, they had every instrument that was actually used to make that sample. And when they played, it sounded exactly like the record. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we're on David motherfucking Letterman right now with Paul Schaefer playing the keyboard line to what's golden. If we ain't made it, then I don't know what has happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, that is golden. When you said about the samples as well, did you were you using a lot back then as well? Is there ones that you that you were kind of going back to? You mean like just records that we would use a lot? Yeah, well, s- samples. I mean, we, we we were speaking about this the other day of like, um, you know, Roy uh, Ayers uh, with what was it NWA? I think uh, they they sampled that track numerous times. Labby Sifri with uh, has been sampled a few times in rap music. I wondered if there's a mm-hmm. if there's a lot of samples that you've that you've used. Well, our whole career was based on, mostly based on samples. You know what I'm saying? The obscure producers, Mr. DJ Newmark and Mr. DJ Cut Chemist, these fools were, were, they were not about to double back and use the same sample twice. That's just, they were just about being innovative to the max and, and, and beating other producers at, at the sample game. That being said, I left that lane to them, man, because I, I'm not a beat maker. I would give ideas here and there, but those dudes were the ones. And uh, if they reused, like, anything, it would probably be, like, drum sounds here and there, you know what I'm saying, for different tracks. But as far as, like, actual samples, I don't think they repeated a, a sample once in our whole career. Yeah, I'm just picturing Cut Chemist as, like, um, a little bit like Jay Diller, where his whole house is just full of uh, records. records. And you're right. I mean, so much so that Cut Chemist has been selling off a lot of his his records um, as of late because he, you know, during the pandemic and stuff, because he digitized most of them. So he's been doing like this little service where he'll 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 sell you a record over, over the Internet. And if you're in the vicinity, he'll bring it to you himself. It's been, it's been pretty, really dope for him. Like a lot of people have been buying stuff from him. So yeah, yeah, well, it's, he's he's had tens and twenties of thousands of records. I wish I lived. I wish you lived near near him, so I can uh, get him to sign a sign a copy as he's as he's dropping it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you uh, who who are your who are your favorite uh, who were your favorite rappers growing up, and who are you, is there anyone like at the moment that you listen to where you like, whoa, this is the new this is the new sound. Uh, my favorite rapper of all times is Rakim. Um, Rakim showed me how to use my voice as an instrument. He also showed me how to look at my words as percussion. Uh, he showed me how to sink into a track and becoming the, a part of it as opposed to sitting on top of the rhythm and, you know, just being what, what it is. But that being said, there's a lot of other dudes. Big Daddy Kane, uh, KRS-One, Chill Rob G. Yeah, so many different guys that, are, that, that have really affected the way that I do what I do. Newer guys who would even light a candle towards Rakim. It's only one dude, in my opinion. That's, that's that's my man, Black Thought, from The Roots. Tariq is just one of the most incredible cats on the earth when it comes to wordplay. Simple as that. And I, I am a fan to the max. Always have. Unreal. In a similar vein, so my uh, my favorite rappers are probably Common and and from a because I'm English, Kano, who's um, a, a gram artist as well. And he's yeah, dope. He's dope. I know that. Oh. Man, the best. Um, and yeah. Black Thought actually with Common that it's a, in a similar vein. That the the way that they the the, the lyrics are just insane. They've always yeah. just got these yeah, mad sure. um, meanings to it that you don't. That you actually have to delve a little bit deeper to actually work out. That feels good that you like somebody from my city too, man. Common is one of the most amazing cats, man, for sure. And and I, I rate him to the max, not only because of him being so dope, but just how he took his career and made it do what it does now. Like he's an acting and he's, you know, he's doing all of these different things, man. I really, really appreciate commons 
trajectory. His his success is is <laughs> an and amazing. He's a crazy thing, actor. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's gotten better. He's only gotten better. <laughs> he also epitomizes cool, really. Like he's just. Just, it feels like you could be, you could have like your house be on fire and he could be sitting in the middle of it and he'd still be just effortlessly just coming through and just walking out uh, unscathed. You know? <laughs> but a little bit left field. And I wondered if, I, I don't know whether you, we, we haven't had this talk, but I, I, I wondered if you listened to SoundCloud. To be honest, I, I, I don't, I haven't, I mean, excuse me, I don't on a regular. I have in the past, people have told me, to, to go check this, that, and the third out on SoundCloud. And I've, and I've done it and been like, damn, this is a whole nother situation. I've driven across country listening to SoundCloud mixes and stuff like that. I've done that, but I, I not on a regular. And yeah, I probably I, should. I just wondered, like, from your perspective, you know, I used to SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, whatever, any of, any of these uh, platforms where you can listen to new music. But right. I used to listen to Denzel Curry on there, very minimal followers. And then there was another band called New Track City from New York. And I think they were from New York, actually. Uh, and, and Denzel just kind of blew up and is, 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 you know, is getting bigger and bigger now as well. And I wondered... What, what does it take to get into the industry and what, how do you make yourself, you, you know, more elevated and, and, and to get more followers? Is it, I mean, you said about the stage presence, is it, is it that, or is it just plastering everyone with your music? Is it making multiple songs until you get it right? What do you think the, the main ingredient is? Oh, to be perfectly honest, man, you're asking somebody, you're asking a dinosaur how a telephone works. <laughs> Let's be real. You know what I mean? Cause nowadays, it is not the same as when we when we were trying to do it. It was all about getting in front of a person who could get you in front of a person who had ties to a label that could get you in front of that label's man, that label's uh, 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 leader and get you signed. And then once you got there, then you had a little bit of financial backing behind you and, and a little bit of weight lifted off your shoulders to be able to focus on your artistic endeavors. Nowadays. If you got a YouTube page, you know, a SoundCloud page, Spotify, all of these different streamings and this, that, and the third, and you are diligent enough to understand all of the subtleties of this technology, of this technological world now, then you can win and not even have as much talent as some of the people in the past. Because of the editing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, people... People, are, it seems, are more interested in what the artist is doing on a day-to-day basis than the artist's music. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, the, the baby got in a fight. Did you see that? You know what I mean? As opposed to, did you hear that new, that new baby song? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's weird like that to me. And it's weird in the sense that this is how things happen now. Like, the internet is so open and so, you know... Uh, available to anybody who just has the wherewithal to just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it and go for it. You know what I mean, even if you don't like, I don't, I'm not as tech savvy as the next person, but I know people who are. So, you know, people just get, get other people to do their stuff for them and, and, and make it happen. You know what I mean? And it's, and it, and it seems it's more repetition. What they say, uh, uh, the, the, the first uh, and most important principle of magic is repetition. And that's kind of what it is. It's like constantly in your face. If you ain't in my face, then you ain't on my mind. And yeah. there you have it. That's what I think is happening. No, now. no, you that's know, there's a lot of dudes out. 
there like playing video games and shit and getting paid, you know? That's a big, that's a big one actually. Cause I, I know a lot of parents uh, now are like, you know, don't play the, don't play computer games for their, uh, to their kids and stuff. But I mean, these guys are, you know, multimillionaires, some of them. Right. Exactly. Multi-millionaires, you know? So I don't know, man. I don't know how to call it, how to call it as far as getting into the industry now, other than what you can see, you know, which is these youngsters taking advantage of, of the technology that's in front of them, you know? You don't need a record label. You don't need none of that shit that we used to need. And do you remember? Do you remember your first first record that you bought? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. I had two records. Uh, one was uh, uh, Rapper's Delight. My mom bought bought it for me. I begged her to death. She didn't want to buy it because she was like, I already owned the Chic record. Uh, Good times. I already got that. And I'm and I'm like, no, mom, it's different. She was like, no, it ain't. But she bought it for me anyway. And then the <laughs> second record I bought was uh with my own money was the Renegades of Funk by uh, Africa Bam and the Soul Sonic Force. And I bought it not because I heard the record. I didn't hear the record first. I liked the cover. I was like, look at this shit. It's amazing. Yeah, what a, what an album as well. Yeah, man. Sure. You still listen to that now? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, still give, I still give it love. I try not to, to, to support uh, other aspects of... of, of yeah. This guy, but yeah, appreciate that. What do you? Why do you think people get? Other than the love, why do you think people get into the 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 music biz? Oh, it's just as simple. Same reason why a lot of people uh get into sports or anything like that. What Biggie say? You selling crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot? It's money. A lot of these people get into it for loot. You rarely come across those artists who would still be doing it if they didn't get a check. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of dudes out there that are are out there doing it for the love, but cats be out here trying to get paid, man. And that's the truth. You know what I mean? And and it's reinf- the message is reinforced through the music. So, you know, that's not my motivation. I'm just saying that that's what it is. No. Nowadays. Well, man, but is, is, is the is anyone in your neighborhood other than you that did make it? That, that did make it? Uh, yeah. From Chicago, no. I went to school with Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, just, you, know, <laughs> you, know, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that should just answer the question right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? He but, did it right for yeah, himself. So, he did it right for himself. Yeah, and I, it's a lot of other cats, man. I, I knew Sun Doobie from Funk Doobie when, when, I, when, I, when I was a kid. He was one of the first dudes I met out here in California. Uh, he introduced me eventually down the line to Be Real and Sin Dog and Mugs and all those dudes, you know what I'm saying? But early on, before people knew who they were, let me see who else, man. I mean, you know, graphic writers like my man Mir One is, it was a classmate of mine. Shit, I feel like I'm forgetting a bunch of people to tell you the truth. DJ Lethal from House of Pain was a classmate of mine. Uh, Volume Ten was a classmate of mine. So it's a, it was a bunch of dudes that that ended up doing things later. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Well, to see what I mean, you mentioned earlier, you you said about Rakim, like, but. You think of what could have been with some people, you know, if Eric B and Rakim were still together and, and if they had, you know, they, they, they kept that energy that they had when they initially started, I mean, that they could still be uh, around to today. Yeah, Rakim's still around today, but you have to understand, man, everything has a, I won't say shelf life, but if it's going to affect the world, then initially what it does to affect the world 
is what it it, it, it becomes known for. Like Rakim, honestly, don't never have to do another album if he don't want to ever. He could go tour for the rest of his life all of the shit that he did in the past. You know what I mean? So it's it's it's, it's one of those things. Actually, that's interesting you say that. And I, and I wondered, like, with your music it's fairly timeless because you're not offended not necessarily offending anyone with your with your uh lyrics because you're you're not really talking about unless you're a whack ass MC. If you're a whack MC <laughs> you should be offended. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. But I with with like people like Eminem for instance and and cancel mm-hmm. culture and all that stuff. It mm-hmm. how do, how does how do you think age plays a factor in in rap and hip hop? Uh, but doesn't seem to in other genres of music. You know, this this cancel culture is 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 around. Well, I mean, even before cancel culture, man, we have, are the are the only genre of music that ages. You know that that, that people don't give the, the the participants a chance to to continuously make music throughout their lifetime, throughout a long career. We are like I like to say, like a piece of gum. You take it. You take the wrapper off, let's put it that way, right? Take the wrapper off, you chew it till the flavor's gone, and then you reach for the next piece of gum. That's kind of how it's been treated. Oh, we need a union or some shit, I don't know. But I really think that that uh, rap or, you know, the hip-hop genre has been, it's a, a shelf life's been placed on us, you know, where, you know, you ain't you ain't gonna do that to a B.B. King or somebody like that, somebody that, that'll play shows until they drop dead, you know? You ain't doing that, really. To, to, to people in hip hop. I don't know why, but that's some shit that I've noticed. I think BB King was still playing up until a year before mm-hmm. his death, wasn't he? Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, it ain't that many artists in hip hop that, that's doing that, you know? Is it getting better, do you think? What do you mean? Like, uh, in, in terms of just like, you know, that, that mentality, you know, I feel like there's just this, I, I think there's actually, in, in a lot of ways, we're actually spoiled for choice. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. We the ones who created the shit, and so that's why I be telling people like, like, like when I go out overseas, man. You know, you guys enjoy what we do more than we enjoy it because we always looking for the next thing because we re- we created the shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's kind of a selfish way to look at it, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? We don't, you know, relish our own shit. We don't sit there and enjoy what we've created. We constantly look for the next thing, and you know, you guys. Anybody outside of America that enjoys hip hop has stretched it and made it do things that we wouldn't necessarily willing to do because we was looking for something different. I guess talking to that as well, is there anyone that you're seeing at the moment, or any subgenres, or anything that that's cropping up that you that, that that excites you that that that's like, oh, this this is actually going to be awesome. I ain't gonna front, man. I I like grind music. A lot of dudes be trying to act like that's a, it's a gang of talented MCs in that in that in that world like dudes like real serious wordplay like way better okay so you know they they try to downplay ground like it's like it's like the 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 bullshit aspect of what rap is now the same way they try to downplay like mumble rap or trap music or whatever but I will say that the grime artists are shitting on any of the trap dudes when it comes to lyrics dudes are writing and spitting with skill and you can't front on it so yeah, and, that's, then, that's and, then, and and there's more of an audience now in America. Yeah, yeah, because they started to recognize what's dope and what's not. You know, I guess I'm thinking maybe like Stormzy or or Skepta and and all that stuff would have been would have made it a little bit more over there now. Yeah, it it has, and that's what's getting us to 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 pay attention. 
I mean, I've, I've been blessed to, to travel over there for and, and have a, a serious career over there, you know, over, say, England and Europe and, and Australia for, for many years now. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an exception to the rule. But, you know, like you said, Skepta and Stormzy and the dudes are putting it out there for people to see it. You know, big up to that dude, his name Bugsy, I think it is. Who, uh, oh, yeah. You know, uh, 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 Boxes of Bush in, uh, in, the, in The Gentleman, the movie The Gentleman. Hmm. Have you seen that? I have, yeah. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about, that, 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 that crew of dudes who was whooping people's ass that, yeah. that, to fight porn. But, they, but that song that they had was fucking hard, man. That song was hard. I think that's, I think that's the thing about grime as well, is it, 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 it's an intensity to it, you know? I don't know if you know uh, Slow Tie or Pasalu, but Slow Tie... I've heard of these dudes. Yeah, Slow Tie, you should definitely give a listen to it, because you can hear the... It's almost, it feels like aggression, but it's just, it's like you've been winding, winding someone up and they're red, they, right. you just let them out into the mic and then they're just, there's, there's a, they're letting it out, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you cannot front on these dudes' skill, man. You know, big up to Skibbity and, you know, Harry Shotta and all of dudes. Big up to all of dudes. How was and, and has been, the, I mean, I know traveling can be quite tiresome. You know, there's a lot of traveling involved with, with it. I mean, but you are doing great things as well. But um, how was the, the traveling component? Is, is the UK probably the most, play, uh, most uh, the, the country that you've visited the most outside of America? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think only because, man, our career basically blossomed there first. And they showed the world that Jurassic Five was actually dope. Because we was doing shit in the States and nobody was checking for us. You know what I'm saying? It, it, our career popped there and then spread to the UK and then spread to Australia. And then people in America started hearing about us here and there. And I was doing stuff with Ozo Motley and I was able to see the, the effect of what we was doing overseas and how it affected, you know, our, our position in America. It basically got us a record deal in America with Interscope. So, you know, I big up England to the max. UK is where my, my career started. I don't care what nobody says. So I always big that shit up. Which is crazy, really, because you think of, I mean, not that I want to make any comparisons to J5 because I do think they stand in their own bracket, but I mean, De La Soul, Tribe, you know, all of those bands, I mean, Soulquarians, you know, they're, they're, they're all, mm-hmm. they were all a- around, but you, you just don't think it uh, resonated with the US audience? It's not that they didn't resonate with the U.S. audience, man, because all the people you named had some popularity. But the trick is, like I said, we chase after the next thing faster than we sit and give flowers to the people who, you know, push the genre forward. You know, and I just I, I, I hate America for that. I hate the fact that we are such amazing creators, but we don't focus on the things that we created and try to continuously create instead of enjoying what we what we got. Yeah, like you said, like the kind of on to the next thing. Yeah, man, sure. Is there a um, is there a festival or an event? I mean, because obviously everyone who gets into music has, you know, that it, whether it's their first record or whether it's their first gig that they went to, that they that they get that buzz and they're like, oh, this is this is what I want to be doing. Do you remember the first uh, gig that you went to? Uh, yeah, man, I, my mom and them couldn't get a, a babysitter, man. And they went to go see Parliament Funkadelic, man. And they brought me and it, I saw that the mothership land. It changed the fuck. It changed my life. As simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> changed my life. I was like, are you fucking kidding? They doing this shit at shows? Yeah, that was it. Are you still, so do you, you're still in Chicago? 
No, I'm, I live in LA. You live in LA. Do you do you have to you know to? I mean, Chicago is a massive place, but do you have to go to New York or LA just to expand that audience? Well, Chicago has been known to have all talent, no industry. So most people that you know that are from the shop who made it in the industry usually had to leave in order to plug themselves within the, 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 you know, the industry itself. So, you know, like you said, like Common, Common had to leave. He left, he went to New York, start messing with the roots and all of the people. You know, Ye had to leave. He went to New York, start messing with Jay-Z. You know, you know what I'm saying? Everybody who you can think of from the shot, even Twister, you know, a lot of people didn't know about Twister until he started messing with Jay-Z and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's what it is, man. It's just always been like that. I don't know why, but it's always been that way. Well, yeah, I think Twister's probably, I mean, when when he was on the Kanye one, it's probably that's that's when yeah. uh, everyone took notice. People really you, know, yeah, exactly. What do you think of, of, of that as well? Like with, you know, how fame can, I feel like you've, you, I mean, you sound to, to me, I'm not face to face with you, but you sound fairly like level headed, whereas fame could really uh, do the opposite to you. It could really suck you up and chew you up and, and, and spit you back out. And how do you think you've stayed so level headed? Home training, fam. Really, to be perfectly honest, man. Some people are grounded. Some people are not. Some people chase after this for the, the, the glamour and the glitz. You know what I'm saying? And camera tricks. <laughs> the land of the debt before you come examine your set. I mean, it's true. Some people get into it for that and other people get into it for expression. I got into this for expression and uh, it just so happened that it became something that was a primary source of income to, for me to feed my child. And that was, that, that was the most grounding part of it all for me. You know, I, to this day, my son's going to be 30 in, in a week or so. So it's, it's all, it was always been about taking care of him and having that means to take care of him through something that I love to do. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I don't enjoy when celebrities are assholes. And so I've always said to myself, if I ever got in a position like that, I'd never be that. And I think that's, that's simply where it is. My mom, you know, I always think my mama is right behind me. And if I say something crazy to somebody, you know, she's going to slap the shit out of me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's just that, you know. Did you get that from some, like, I, I know you obviously your your mum sounds like uh, the, you know, a, a pinnacle in your life, like someone that yeah, could really sure. like keep you, keep you grounded. But mm-hmm. I wonder if you, there's something that you learned from some, like, obviously I've met uh, celebrities that I thought, oh, they were going to be great. And then they're complete assholes. Is there, is there, is there someone that you met when you were like coming up where you were like, Oh, you were really buzzed to see them, went up and tried to talk to them and then they were just a complete arsehole and then you were like, it switched for you and you're like, I'm not going to be that. Yeah, not to talk bad about the dead, man, but rest in peace to Heavy D, man. Uh, when I first met Heavy D, I was really geeked about meeting him and he was with a bunch of girls. You know, maybe it was his wrong time to come up to him as a young fan and say something to him, but he really dissed me. and I just felt really bad and I just thought it was crazy full circle that we ended up working with him and doing a, you know, one of his last singles before he died you know serendipity but yeah yeah but when I first met him I I was in love with the, the overweight love I love these heavy D and when I met him and he kind of dissed, dissed me off I was like ugh I, I couldn't stand him for years I was salty I was like ugh anybody who would listen I'd tell that story and this the <laughs> third you know what I'm saying <laughs> got to meet him and got to work with him. And I just, you know, I take all that back. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you what do you think uh, in terms of? I mean, you've had an amazing career it's not over but what does the future look like for you and what do you where do you want to get to did you did you have you got to the peak of of j5 are you gonna uh, is there more to come and and with yourself is is there anything from a personal level that you want to want to experience i just want to continue to make music and continue to uh, elevate my painting career man I, I was a graffiti artist before anything and so i've been able to Use the celebrity that I accumulated through with Jurassic, through my solo stuff and Ozo Miley and stuff to to start to sell paintings to a lot of my fans and, and show them that I could really get out when it comes to a paintbrush or a pen or a spray can, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? And, and so what I want to do in my older age is to kind of graduate to, to the art world uh, more on a visual level. Um, I want people to really see my my art so if you ever want to check it out charlietona.com is there um but i definitely want to continue to make music and with jurassic i'm not sure we're going to even make any more music per se we might you know do a few shows here and there um later on down the line but that's not even guaranteed but if it does you know i'm more than with it i'm praying for recording me too right right now you (laughs) might you might be able to get the jurassic too though because me and cut kim is a recording album that's coming out fucking fabulous and uh yeah i just want to continue to make music man i got i if i was to sift through all of the music that i want to do right now i'm sitting on another four albums that i just want to put out at some point in my career before i'm off this planet so yeah man i mean i just want to continue to create man and 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 have the leeway to do it not not be financially pressed and have to listen to third but do it because it's in my chest and it's in me to do it you know so yeah but that sounds like the trajectory of your, trajectory of your whole career is is doing yeah, it for the love rather than the money. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, I enjoy I enjoy the fruits of the labor. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see J Five back together as as I would. I mean, Outcast is my favorite band of all time. So mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'd love to see those those boys back together. Did you play with those? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we did uh, two tours with them, and uh, also I I caught them on their uh, on their reunion tour too. That shit was amazing. Yeah. Um, how is Andre in real life? As, as cool as he uh, as he looks? 3000 is a cool motherfucker, man. Uh, he was massively cool. He's a Southern guy. Him and Big Boy, they're, they're from the South of, of America. And so there's a, there's a real thing called Southern hospitality. It's, that shit's real. You know, they, they grow up with, with manners and, and, you know, just being just regular folk. And I like that about them. That, that's how they were. This was years ago. We did a, a Smoking Grooves tour and they headlined. Jurassic was uh, promoting power numbers, but they were really accommodating, extremely accommodating, really cool cats. The Roots was on that tour, too. That's how we really got the bond with those guys. We've done so many shows and so many tours with those guys, but that was one of them that we really bonded. Yeah, man, it was just a, that was a lovely tour, Smoking Grooves. Uh, I can't remember what year that was, 2000 and fuck, I think five, 2004, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, awesome. Um, Charlie, I could chat to you for hours, but um, leaving it there, uh, I just, I mean, you said about the the album, obviously it's not released, but, uh, or you're working on on, on projects and and art. Where can people see you from with your music in terms of, are you going to be touring next year? Hopefully, all things uh, considered and, and where can they find your art? Uh, well, you, you, we have to tap Mr. COVID and Mr. Uh, Delta variant on the shoulder and say, get the fuck out of here in order for me to really tell you for sure when we was going to, we going to tour again. You know what I mean? But I, I got a few shows on, on, on the books right now. Um, but not a lot, 
So I'm just waiting to see what that, what's going to happen with that. I'm sure that the world's going to open up because they ain't, ain't nobody, don't nobody want to like get pushed down into some super depression again. But I don't know what's going on. That being said, though, you can find all things Charlie Tuna at charlietuna.com, C-H-A-L-I-2-N-A.com. Or you hit me up on Instagram at charlie underscore tuna, uh, C-H-A-L-I underscore 2-N-A. Facebook, The Real Charlie Tuna, uh, all that, you know, you can find me. I'm out there. Yeah, I said it. And all that stuff that I do is out there, too. So, yeah, man. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Um, Charlie, really appreciate you uh, taking the time. And, um, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure for me to, to talk to you. Yes, sir, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That crystal clear audio and editing you hear was edited and refined by Podlike. There really is no piece of audio they can't mend. Thank you.